Alyssa. Arwen. What is your favorite thing about traveling with me? Oh, favorite thing? Yeah. You're a good person to travel with, actually. Really? Yeah, we're both, I mean, compatibility-wise. Yeah. We can do our own things and come back together. Pretty low maintenance, I'd say. Low key. Low key. Yeah. For two non low key people. <laughs> I found you to be very low key. Thank you. Me Even too. sitting in LA traffic. Oh, yeah, because I made you drive. <laughs> I don't know why everyone wants me to drive when I have such incredible driving anxiety. Oh, and you made it clear, too. You said, I hate driving in LA. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Well, here are the keys. Here you go, because I'm not doing it. Yeah, I, I never have to force anything out of you. You're going to tell me exactly what you're thinking. That's one of my best traits. That's what I try and tell people. You don't have to wonder how I feel. <laughs> I tell people this is my best trait. <laughs> Listen, my best trait is that I'm telling you what my best trait is. Okay, what episode is this? You know what episode this is? Episode five of season two. Travels in Los Angeles. Okay, episode five. I'm pretty impressed with that, actually. That's we're kind right here. of insane to think about that we're already halfway through the second season of the Sub Pop podcast. Especially since season one seems like it was three years ago. Yes. To us. But there's also like this, like, how are we getting away with this kind of feeling? Because <laughs> no one knows we're doing it. <laughs> this episode airs mm-hmm. we will be going to third coast what's third coast Alyssa? i don't know but it sounds really great something about audio storytelling with yeah. a pigeon as a mascot yeah already in sign <laughs> me up i'll figure out the rest when i'm there no i have actually been wanting to go to this same for a long time do you know I've never been to Chicago before? What? Yeah. Oh, you'll like it. I'm really, I don't think I've ever been to the Midwest. Oh, really? Sh- Allow me to be your guide. Is Chicago the Midwest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. No, Third never, coast. I've gone to, oh, is that what that <laughs> means? <laughs> wow. 33. 33 years old, and I finally just got that. What was your other one? Prague Rock? I 100% <laughs> pro- thought Prague Rock was from Prague. You're like, yeah, I know what it is. It's from Prague. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where all the music comes from. You can't know everything. How? Impossible. Why would I assume it wasn't influenced by musicians in Prague? Why would I assume that? I don't know anything about Prague. Or Prague <laughs> rock, apparently. <laughs> but you know what we are going to be missing? And I'm really sad about this. A, an official Piss Jeans marketing meeting featuring members of the band Piss Jeans. Yeah. We're going to talk to Matt, though. Yeah. We're going to come to work before we go to the airport to fly to Chicago so we can talk to Matt from Piss Jeans. It's the very least we can do because he's a joy and a treasure. I hear I hear good things. That entire band. I'm excited to meet those guys. And see if you actually get along or if you end up screaming at each other. Here's my best quality since we're <laughs> telling, like- telling, people, telling each other our best qualities. I don't mind conflict. I know that about <laughs> you. <laughs> and... So uh, this is true, which I think one of the things that makes me um, continue interviewing people is that interviews are not always void of conflict, but I don't mind if someone doesn't like me. 
it doesn't make me not like them just because they don't like me. Really? Why? I don't know. Cause like you'd gotta have, I, you gotta have a real, you have to have done something really terrible for me not to like you. Like everyone starts with an A for me. Oh, that's and, nice. Um, not liking me isn't a reason for me to not like you. <laughs> There's plenty of things about me that aren't likable, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like you. <laughs> Arwen, I like this. Those are our best qualities. Now on to Los Angeles. As signed <laughs> off by us. <laughs> Initial sign. How about this? How about I also like about us that we just sat around and talk- talked about ourselves before we even mentioned who's on the show yet. Or Did what we? show this is. Did we Did even we? say it's the sub pop podcast? Yeah, that's another great quality about myself. <laughs> this other thing can wait. We do have a show, though, and we have great guests on it. I had a lot of fun talking to these people. Yeah. Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Comedian, actor, very tall dog owner. Likeable man. Very likable man. Mm-hmm. Funny. Funny. And who else did you speak with? I talked to Anna and Louisa of CSS. All of this within the confines of Los Angeles City proper. Yeah. Is that a way of even talking? No, I just did it. That's a way of talking. That is not <laughs> <laughs> So Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray's first. Jonah Ray's first. And I, I first heard about Jonah Ray, literally heard Jonah Ray's voice on the Nerdist podcast, which I've been listening to for years. And... That's Chris Hardwick's podcast, which is wildly successful. And Jonah Ray is one of the other Mm -hmm. co-hosts. He's not on every episode, but he's there often. And he's been part of that project since the beginning. Um, He also has a Comedy Central show and is the new host, if that's the proper term, of Mystery Science Theater. The new Mystery Science Theater. He's great. His Meltdown comedy show, which is what his Comedy Central show is, just ended recently and when I was in LA he gave me tickets to go see that oh that's so nice yeah. did you go oh my god yeah and it was oh wait amazing. I knew that yeah, yeah you went it was great I'd only ever seen stand-up comedy twice in my entire life before we took this trip to LA and then in the course of four oh, days yeah. I saw two stand-up <laughs> comedy sets or, or shows I guess and they were wonderful really impressive like hey these are fun yeah and <laughs> some of the comedians I'd never heard of before and then I look them up and they're all like incredibly successful well-known comedians but you did know who Jonah Ray was as you said because you'd heard the Nerdist so Jonah Ray actually entered our specific orbit of Sub Pop Records because of through the licensing department fascinating tell me more which basically means he needed music for his project yes we got in touch with the head of our licensing department one Ms. Lacey Swain Mm mm-hmm we got her to send us a voice memo from L.A. where she's living, and we got her to do it again, kind of. Yeah. This time to explain how Jonah Ray uh, was welcomed into the fold of Sub Pop. Here's Lacey. The entire Hidden America situation actually was set up by longtime friend of Sub Pop, Isaac Walter. Jonah had originally come to Isaac asking him if he might want to music supervise this project, but also said, well, we have no money. And Isaac is the one who actually put Jonah and I together. To be honest, the money was really bad. I had to call in a lot of favors to make this whole thing happen, but I'm really excited about how the whole show turned out. I think it's great and it's hilarious and Jonah's funny as shit and everyone should watch it. 
a point that will come as no surprise to anyone who's ever worked in the arts. Cool projects and cool people don't always come with lots of money. <laughs> but being an interesting, being interested in music and an interesting person and having an interesting project can carry you a long way. Jonah had access to Lacey's entire catalog of music for licensing and handpicked the songs that he wanted to use. And he picked some of Jen's songs. So Jen gets this email and is like, hey, ask like from Lacey asking for a favor like there's not a lot of money in getting your song on this um normally I would try and get you more but it's a project I really believe in and she's telling me about this and my initial response is like no way and but then I'm like who's the what's the project like if Lacey's saying it like what's the project that she's saying is so great and she was like um it's this guy Jonah Ray and I was like oh my god you have to do it he's so great yeah and also I mean that was before I had ever met him or talked to him. I was just like a fan of his work at that point. And like, I really like the idea of like this spoof on a travel show, which is what this is. Hidden America is his spoof on a travel show that's on the CISO network. And I think what helped the whole project overall is that he's such a huge fan of music. So yeah. when you, you mentioned briefly that he had access to the catalog that Lacey, you know, that the licensing department represents, he wanted access to it because he wanted to pick the music he was he's such a fan you'd mentioned that he has his own podcast yeah Jonah Radio yeah um, specifically to talk about his favorite songs and yeah. talk about music so I mean that is another part like key component in this it was that he was so interested in the catalog and when he was picking the music it was because he really personally liked it not and just what can I get for the cheapest or whatever and part of his show was filmed at Sub Pop part of the Seattle episode, which we mentioned before, that's the episode in which Hutch plays Tony, Tony Cool, head of A&R at some point. Oh, yeah. Hutch plays like that character and Jonah Ray is like trying to get his band signed to some pop in that episode of the travel show. So like it all comes together. <laughs> so, yes. I do like, though, in your conversation, it's clear that you guys ended up finding that you had some common ground. There's a lot of death talk. Yeah, it starts that way. So your show, Hidden America, I feel like the um, critique that I have of most things that I watch, like movies or whatever, is that not enough people die. Um, <laughs> and I could not say that about Hidden America. Stop it, Clyde! You're killing these people! Zombies aren't real! You don't get They're coming for us. These are human beings! You're fucking killing them, you fucking psycho! <laughs> what I really liked about it was that it surprised me in every episode. It's like they're not gonna they're not gonna kill another person, are yeah. they? But you did. Yeah, I like it. I like it. it's like, well, you know, the um, in the Chicago episode, the hot dog guy. Like that was my favorite death. Because it kinda like it just kinda it starts to seem like you know, something's up. And then it has like uh, my favorite line that I kinda wrote with uh, my friend Mike Henry, which was um, But at least he died doing what he loved, clutching his chest and asking God for more time. I'm gonna that was a, a big thing I really wanted with this is like every city was worse off for having me trying to like you know do a show there. That really came across. Thank you, thank <laughs> you so much. Mystery Science Theater. I mean, that's a tricky one. You're working one. on that right now, right? Right now, I was working on it earlier today before you got here. I'm trying to keep the um, the internet out of my head. 
I'm trying to. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even thought about that. Yet. I mean, because I had a I had a pretty bad day on the internet when, it, when I was announced as the host. And you did. What happened? You know, just a bunch of people tweeting right at me, saying, "You know, you suck. You're a bad decision. Uh, you're going to ruin my favorite show." Oof. And uh, and the, it's weird because I get it. I kind of had to respond to them with, um, you know, I was like, "How do you think I feel?" I can't complain about the new host of Mystery Science Theater. Like, I, I can't do the one thing you get to do. You know, I, I did a lot of those jobs. I did a lot of those things where I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm writing on this clip show, but it's like what I want to do is like, you know, be in and direct these, you know, TV show ideas I have or, the, you know, these video ideas or these movie ideas. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll find yourself following cause when you're young, you need money so bad and you'll, you'll always kind of make these small little, um, you know, decisions that lead you forward, but not necessarily in the direction you want to go. And so you kind of keep on taking these little jobs and I found myself working on shows I didn't want and I was making more money than I ever thought I would. And, uh, but I wasn't any happier and it really kind of started and I kept on getting further and further away of what I really wanted. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm producing on, you know, E's 50 most insane celebrity oops. And, oh. I, and, I'm, and I'm good at it. That was the thing I was good at. I was, I was the guy next to the camera talking to all the talking heads and telling them like how to say their, the things they came in to talk about. They would ramble and I go, okay, Corey Feldman. Now say, you said these, these few words, say that, just say that. And then I'll put it in the show, you know. Yeah, that's a person that does that, isn't it? Yes, yes. That was you. And yes, and they're not happy. And they're not happy at all. I found this this thing where you know doing the Nerdist podcast too, and I was that was a big part of it. it the Nerdist podcast like got me more attention than anything else I'd ever done before, and you know had a lot to do with the podcast and a lot to do with Chris's Rising Star, and the idea of doing it, I was just talking to these people, or I was just sitting next to a conversation or having a conversation with these people, and we're talking about their shit. So it's years and years of me talking to other people about their shit, and sometimes these are friends of mine. Sometimes these are people that are my contemporaries in, the, in this comedy scene, but I'm talking about their shit. And I, someone else comes in and we're talking about their shit. And I got so tired of talking to people about their shit that I just wanted to talk about my shit. Like I wanted to be the person that had shit to talk about. And so I started making decisions uh, on how to be that type of person that just does the things they want to do. I said, I've been broke before. I can be broke again. Nobody can take anything away from me um, because I'm still just kind of like a shitty little punk rock kid that doesn't mind, you know, eating crow and, you know, eating ramen. Yeah, but that's not always, I mean, it's, it feels fucking great to do it. It feels yes. great to quit things, but not at first. Not at first. It's scary. It's so it's terrifying. So, scary. so what was, what's something that you quit that really scared you? I was working on a show called The Rotten Tomato Show on current TV. And uh, I was, you know, a writer and produce, segment producer on it. We had a guaranteed run of an entire year. So for an entire year, I'd be making a weekly paycheck. And I was miserable. I just got through a breakup where like a girl uh, I was living with, you know, she kind of kept on trying to get me to go and get my realtor's license. She's like, you're charming. You can be a realtor until you make it as a comedian. And, uh, you know, so I had this thing in my head where I was like, well, I have to just get a job. And then they offered me this job. And then it was kind of comedy, but it was just a movie review show. Uh, Chris Hardwick, who was a buddy of mine, got a show uh, called Web Soup, which was a spinoff of The Soup that was on the G4 network. And um, he's like, hey, I showed uh, the producers 
some of your sketches and they really like them. They want you to come in for a meeting to see if you want to be a writer and a sketch producer director on the show. I said, oh, well, how many episodes do you have? He says, uh, right now we have six. And I go, okay, uh, I don't know, man. I have like an entire year's worth of work right here. And he's like, yeah, but you can, they want your style. They want what you do. And I was like, I don't know. I got the steady kick, guys. I mean, this is the second best thing after being a realtor. So I had to kind of make a decision. No one could make it for me. If I left, I would have a few weeks of work and then that's it. And I was still struggling. Like I was still like just moved into a place where I convinced someone that I had worked for a year. So please don't check my credit, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I had no money or savings outside of that. And so I, I, what I did is I made a decision solely based off of my creative selfishness. And then making that decision was the start. Uh, and that was, you know, seven, eight years ago. It was the start of these small little things that put So that's what you mean when you're like, I think a healthy dose of idealism is necessary. Is yeah. that you had to kind of just put faith in in trying something terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I you know, I got into a conversation with somebody about why I was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter when it seemed impractical. And I, I said, everything I've gotten that's made me really happy in my life is because I've had this idea of idealism. And I think there needs to be some of that uh, in my life and all the decisions. And I like, you know, it's like, I, you know, I expect the best of people, of movies, of, you know, things. Mm -hmm. And it's just um, <clears throat> on the other side, you just can't be disappointed if it doesn't work out. Yeah. But I really do think a healthy dose of idealism is very important for anyone that wants to be in the creative fields. Well, I'm very glad that you didn't become a realtor. Me too. Yeah. But man, I'd be selling. <laughs> I'd be selling. The market's hot right now. <laughs>
so funny you ask. Because, yeah, almost exactly a year ago, I was attacked. I was thrice attacked by an owl. Thrice attacked by an owl. What yeah. happened? I was walking up the hill from the water taxi to my home. And an owl hit hit my head from behind. I mean, hit the top, came up behind me and like tried to grab me by the top of the head. (laughs) And it is true that owls are like totally silent. I saw its shadow above my head right before it hit me. That's so ominous. And then it came back twice more. I ended up, I kind of, I say the owl knocked me over, but I kind of ended up just tripping myself and then like my backpack came over my head and got like wrapped around my arm. I was pretty freaked out. <laughs> Were you wearing a hat? No, I wasn't. I, I, well, I had been. It was the beginning of November. I had been wearing a hat, but I was walking up a hill and I was getting kind of hot. So I'd actually taken off my hat and put it in my pocket like two minutes before the owl attacked me. Though Sub Pop can't guarantee that any Sub Pop hats would protect you from an owl attack. It's possible that some of the sub pop hats that you can get at the Mega Mart could. Yeah, and they would at least like, um, like it might like the hat if the owl hits your head, that, and you're wearing a sub pop hat, that the hat might like slide along your head while the owl's hitting it. I feel like lessening the force of the blow. Yeah. They, they hit pretty hard. I gotta say, it was like being punched in the head. Jesus. It didn't draw blood. A lot of people, it, you know, they do because their claws are sharp too. <laughs> Though it could take off with your hat. Yeah, or you might just, it might fall down the hill or something. Right. And you might be too scared to go run after it. Because there's an owl attacking you. Yeah, but you can always just go to megamart.subpop.com to replace your hat. That's great. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I have what's now becoming customary. I have some comments about the ads. Please. You like how you just will present something and then I'll give you my critiques, my notes right afterwards. <laughs> yes, public notes. Okay. One, well, here's a note that I'm going to relay from someone else, okay. which was, why don't you explain what a Mega Mart ad is, even going into it? And we just have never bothered explaining that. Well, how would I explain that? Who needs more explanation Let's... than Mega Mart ad? Those words... But don't you remember when we first started working on this project and you said, what the fuck is a Mega Mart? That is a direct quote because you did swear. (laughs) So it wasn't so long ago that you yourself did not know what the Mega Mart was. I could see that being to be explained. (laughs) What is a Mega Mart? But we have explained that in the ads. But what is a Mega Mart ad? You are advertising something called a Mega Mart. Mm -hmm. It's true. Here's something that we're not. I think where some of the confusion is coming in, though. Are we advertising really? And it actually, um, I was maybe the last episode or the one before where the ad had you guys trying to figure out. (laughs) And I said, Google it. (laughs) What (laughs) the website address was. And that caused, I will tell you, listener, listeners, some real concern around the office here. 
the Cassidy who runs our Mega Mart store was like, do you seriously not know what the website is? It's like, I do. Shop.subpop.com. Well, officially, it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it's getting funny. It really does make me laugh. Perhaps only me. Speaking of CSS. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Are we back to my good qualities again? Can we please uh, talk about CSS? I now? love to talk about CSS. Okay. And here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to say how they were the first band from South America signed to Sub Pop. Because every our- time you do, I'm just like, why is that relevant? <laughs> Apparently I mentioned it several times and Arwen <laughs> told me to stop. So that is not interesting and I'm not going to lead with it. But I do want you to tell the story about how CSS is basically an abbreviated Beyonce quote. Oh, yeah. So it it's Portuguese. They are from South America. <laughs> Their yes, songs are, are in English and Portuguese. Yes. CSS stands for an initial an initialism. I Is can't say that word. Initialism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't say de, de ser sexy. Can't say de ser sexy, which is Portuguese for what? For tired of being sexy, which apparently is attributed to a quote from Beyonce at one point. She had said, I'm tired of being sexy. And they were like, I like that. Oh, my God. Good enough for me. Name of the band. So great. They were also the first band we signed from South America. (laughs) (laughs) So one of their key breaks for CSS was Mm -hmm. that they got their music licensed. Lacey Swain, she wasn't doing that job then, but she would have gotten them (laughs) that license. Anyway, licensing. An Apple ad. And I don't know if people remember this, but like um, iPod ads... 10 right. years ago were kind of a big okay. deal. Let me see if I can remember. It's like the silhouette of a figure and there's a white background and they're like dancing and people are like There's some of that. Yeah. Some of that, right? But they would be like these big, I mean, that's when ads, I guess, I don't know. I don't know why they seemed like such a big deal, but they they definitely were a big deal and they yeah. reached a lot of people. It was very new technology. And they got their song licensed in an iPod Touch. Commercial. The precursor to the iPhone. And yeah, and I found the ad on YouTube and it was really cracking me up because it was just like, wow, you can just touch the screen. Can you tell me the name of the song? Okay, yes, yeah, so here we go. So the name of the CSS <laughs> song is Music Is My Hot Hot Sex. When I was searching for that ad. Did you I, please just tell me you typed in Music Is My Hot Hot Sex? Of course. <laughs> and then I put iPhone. <laughs> Because I forgot that it wasn't the iPod. And just, you know, I found some stuff I wasn't looking for. How's your computer doing? How are sure your that eyeballs? Something How's had, your psyche? Something had a virus <laughs> by the end of that. Here's where my facts get a little gray because I can't remember which one came first. But at the same time that iPods were really coming up, Microsoft had Zunes, if anyone remembers that. And Zune licensed the same music as my Hot Hot Sex by CSS song for their product and iPod. Good job, CSS. All in the same year. What the, huh? I just don't know who went first. And by the time I was done searching for the iPod ad, I gave up on the Zune one. If anyone can find it, I'd like to see it, though. Um, We will have links to some of these things in the show notes. Yeah. So I talked to them when I was down in LA. I didn't get to talk to everyone in CSS, but I talked to Anna and Luisa of CSS. Let's hear it. I think maybe if CSS didn't happen, most of us 
might have not been a musician. Oh, I like she a... went to film. You know, we I went, went to, film to school. We yeah. didn't go study music. We didn't envision that. But I can just cook like once a day, twice a day. That's something. Yeah. I cook a lot. I've been cooking so much in LA. The produce in California is so fucking good. Can't wait for the grilling. Yeah. <laughs> the grilling season. We're gonna get a barbecue for outside. What's your star sign? Exactly. Are you going to ask that? Oh, you guys are super into astrology, aren't yes. you? Yes. I made everyone get she, so she into got us. Yeah, she got us into astrology. So then guess, what do you think it is? It's not an earth or water sign. That is true. Because you don't like cooking. No. So you're probably a fire or air. Is your birthday around now? It's. It hasn't happened yet this year. Okay. Huh. Shit. Leo? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> That was amazing. That was cool, huh? <laughs> that was pretty. What's your rising? <laughs> so yeah, it's weird because it's been like a couple weird, a couple years, and we never had that long of a break. But it's it's cool to like be doing other things as well. Is it hard to settle into not? Touring? Like, is it hard to be in the same place for a yeah. while? Yeah, it is. It, but we travel. A, we still travel. We're all travelers. Like, we're I, always yeah. going somewhere because we're from Brazil, so we're <laughs> always going back home or something. But I do miss. I do miss the travel part of it. Of course, playing shows as well. Um, but it's sort of nice to be able to be in one place and to have a certain routine and like have a girlfriend that doesn't need to like you know go you know just have paths or have plants like having plants i never was it like i was never able to have a plant because we'll die <laughs> so there's like these little things i'm a very home type of person and i think we all sort of are that's why we get along so well like touring but i think yeah of course we miss some stuff but there is something nice about like being able to have a routine. We reached a point where we were so pro at it and we were so like we're not drinking. We're just like, let's go for lunch. Like everyone thinks we're like so wild. We drink, that drink we're just tea at every single show. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like having I'm tea. I'm the only one like, who drinks during the show, but all the other girls they have teas during like they only have like like a cup of tea. They go on stage with a cup of tea. <laughs> And people think it's like whiskey. No, it's tea. Well. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about your manager now and whatever happened with that. This is the part of the interview where that happens. Um, The album went really well, and we were traveling way more than we ever thought we would. And we never, we didn't and we're know like how things 23. worked. And we didn't know how how it worked, how the industry worked, at all. Like no idea. So we were like trusting everything to this person. It's like, yeah, he's taking care of everything. Like after a year 
we were like, well, we never got any money. And then we start like hearing from agents and from people that we actually made good money in this or that show. And we're like, where's that money? At this time, you guys are playing like shows and festivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was our height. We were playing like Glastonbury. We were, we were headlining a, the, like a stage on Glastonbury. Yeah, playing Lollapalooza. We were playing every festival. Every single it's festival. Like the imagine. hot new band, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and then there was one day where uh, me and another member of the band, we just went to our agency to like see what was going on without him. Because he said that the our money was there in the agency and they were just waiting for some tax issues. Because we're Brazilian, some tax issues were going to be resolved, but the money was there. So that's what he kept saying. So, so they we went, went to the agency to, to check to it ask, out. And our agent was like, no, I mean, the money just got, like the last transfer happened like half hour ago or something. <laughs> it was like- We'll go to Brazil to his yeah. account. And, and then, yeah. How much money did you, did he steal? Do you know? Uh, it's hard to know for sure, but it was a lot of money. Like, let's say, I don't, I, let's say we could all like have no, a no house. house. Yeah, no. You know, we could have bought a house. And that was the high of where we Maybe not paid. here, but in Brazil we could have, we could all have like bought a house with that money in, in Brazil maybe, but it's, it's a but lot of money. But instead, so like you fire him and then you, you keep going. You're still working this hard. You're still playing festivals, but just yeah. to, pay off the debt for for six months we were paying because we had like a, an amazing crew and they saw what happened and they were so nice and we got like you know we did an extra christmas tour yeah in the uk which was a which huge was production to great we, we sold like... all the brixton academy with that show i mean we would have made so much money but you know and we were like okay like and then pay we started doing one. the second record Tough. and it was hard and it was like a sort of like heartbreaking thing to remember but at the same time we would I don't think would have learned so much stuff I try to think things in like a positive way yeah I'm not know. I'm not it's gone like I don't have yeah. a thing but and it, honestly, there's money there's like and problems that, <laughs> I'm very proud of like how our story went because I think that we could have given up like in the middle of it so many times. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks, but it has, it's like, we grew stronger. <laughs> A lot of people, uh, like Bobby from Primal Scream, other people were like, welcome, now you're in. Like, yeah, welcome to rock and roll. He said, <laughs> like, he said that New Order told them that because it happened to New Order, it happened to Primal Scream, and then yeah, he's like, well, well, going not that long ago. Like, yeah. it, this kind of stuff, it's hard, yeah, it happens. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> just make you know, sure and make like, sure. don't have a clause there, something to protect you. Yeah, like, you know, don't sign stuff without looking at it.
Members of the Ripped Off Club. <laughs> that's, that's sorry. Amazing. Like, what a terrible club to be a part of. But, like, that's really nice to know that people were so kind to them about it. That they were like, hey, this does not reflect poorly on you. This is an unfortunate thing that happens in the music industry. Sometimes people rip you off. It has happened to so many people that you love and respect. Yeah. And now it's happened to you. And they've definitely moved on from it, but it was interesting to just hear like, hey, you know that paper you're about to sign? Read it. Yeah. Understand it. Trust us. And I think that the division of power was like really the takeaway for them was just like don't let your manager run this like have different people running different things so that there's a a system of checks and balances because they were they were just touring constantly they were playing every festival that you can think of and they did not have a second to like sit down and look at these things and they just trusted the people that they were working with like you would Mm -hmm. if you believe that everyone starts with an A and they got ripped off everyone starts with an a like the word starts with an a oh <laughs> like you said earlier yeah. starts with the letter grade a yeah. that's nice they were really nice though you really liked hanging out with them oh my goodness like quite a bit yeah well i mean like it's you know you put me in a room with two incredibly talented smart beautiful lesbians <laughs> And I You're just, gonna find something to like about yeah, that. Yeah, we had some stuff in common. They were very, very nice. Not the smart and beautiful thing. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> um, we had some stuff in common oh. because my other good qualities, oh, smart and beautiful. God. It's true though. So next week on the podcast, yes, we continue um, our adventures in Los Angeles. More interviews from LA. We talked to Jimmy Tamborello from the Postal Service, and then we also talk to Ben Gibbard. Coming back to Seattle, we spoke to Ben Gibbard. But of the Postal Service. Of the Postal Death Service. Cab Death Cab. Yeah. Um, and they are both just wonderful men. But how did we first hear about Ben, though? Because devoted listeners of the podcast, our parents, <laughs> will remember that Chastity Belt, and I even know which episode, you come prepared don't. with facts. Episode 9. Season one talked about going on tour with one Mr. Ben Gibbard. Yeah. And Death Cab for Cutie. Which leads us back to something that I've wanted to bring up on the podcast forever, which is Julia Shapiro from Chastity Belt has posted some of the creepiest photos. Whoa. Of what? It's like this Ben Gibbard altar. Oh my goodness. Yeah, before they even got that tour. Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy like I love you or creepy like uh, what kind of creepy are we talking? It's like it's a couple different kinds of creepy but (laughs) it's I mean Julia is just really what's going on there? She's just really weird and funny but anyway they ended up meeting and going on tour together and now they're friends and Ben had some really lovely things to say about Chastity Belt and it didn't fit in the context of next week's episode but I wanted to play some of it for the audience because I thought it was cool. Yeah, so consider this a little preview to next week, even though... It's like a little spoiler. It's like a hidden track that we're explaining. Easter egg. It's an Easter egg. Yeah. There you go. And, you know, Chastity Belt is one of those bands... And a lot of the hardly art bands, I mean, I feel the same way about Taco Cat and La Luz. Like, 
you know, after hearing so much music in my life. You know, it happens with less frequency than it did when I was 20, but I still hear things all the time that make me excited and inspired and make me, you know, realize that, like, there's so much amazing music being made now that will be made in the future, and you can really choose as to whether or not you want to close yourself off to it or not. Yeah. You know, it's your choice. And it makes me sad when people just kind of give up. They just kind of, like, perpetuate this like false sense that what they listened to when they were 20 is better than what 20 year olds are listening to now and look I understand where that comes from a lot of that comes from the fact that it's like when you're 20 years old you just haven't heard as much music as you did when you were when by the time you were 42 I connected to a lot more music when I was 20 because I had heard so little of it and everything that came across that hoped it in my into my view was like this is the greatest thing I've ever sure. seen because it most likely was the greatest thing I'd ever yeah. seen at 20 because I'd seen like 10 bands, you know? <laughs> if you've seen 10 bands, the 11th band is probably gonna be the best band you've ever seen, right? It's, it's like, it's just a numbers game, you know? You know, just because on the subject of Chastity Bell, like I just, you know, I am both I'm both a fan of, of their music and a fan of who they are as people. And when we toured with them in Europe last year, having been on the road as much as I have in my life, having toured as much as I have, has, as much as at times I've taken it for granted because it's become this constant in my life. It was really something that we all needed, I felt like, to, to be out with a band that is having so much fun not only just being on tour, but having so much fun with each other, you know? Because it's like, you don't see that a lot. And that's, that's another thing that's really unique about them. I can't remember the last time that I was around a band that, uh, that like enjoyed themselves as much as they do. some really great music on this episode today and I would like to mention and I'm going to mention that it is some of the songs that Jonah Ray hand selected for Hidden America. That's great. Who represents a smattering of those songs? Smattering? Sure. Sure. Let's see. Who, who did we hear from? So of course we heard from Mud Honey, and then music that Jonah Ray used we also heard from which is Avi Buffalo, Mass Gothic, <laughs> Rose Window, Shearwater, CSS and S. <laughs> We're cut off from all oxygen in here. I think I'm starting to lose it. <laughs> That's a good excuse we can tell people. <gasps> hey, thanks <laughs> for listening. Thanks for letting us make this. Oh, to our bosses who are probably regretting their choice to let us make this <laughs> as they finish up this episode. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, everyone at Hardly Art, all the staff at Sun Pop. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. Right? I will. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I, I might will. Not, I might not make it back, no, guys. you will. Alyssa's actually we my will. boss. She may have just fired me. That might <laughs> no. be what you just heard. Sad. <laughs>
my experience, my girlfriend is a Pisces, and she oh god, she doesn't make yeah, come on. I had a <laughs> Pisces girlfriend. It's crazy. She doesn't make decisions. That's a lot, Fox. And the decisions change. Yeah. They change throughout. I'm and like she that. holds a grudge, too, which is so weird. Yeah. Come on. I'm a, I'm a Pisces, but, I, but I have a lot of but Taurus. But they're amazing. So I, I'm yeah. able to make decisions. But I know Pisces are no, you're not good. easy. You're very, tar- yeah, you're very grounded. Yeah. But, but and you're very reasonable. 